0: Come adore on bended knee Christ the Lord, the newborn king. I speak to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Each year at this time, even the secular rational media turns its attention to religion. And we are suddenly awash in Christmas stories. Stories of kindness done by strangers for one another, journalists examining in depth the mysteries of this season. A couple years ago, the New York Times had a story about the Vatican Observatory, and who even knew there was an observatory at the Vatican? Well, there is. And there they conduct scientific research building on a long tradition of religious inquiry into the secrets of the universe. From the 16th century study of astronomy to reform the Gregorian calendar to the priest who put forth the theory that is now known as the Big Bang. In this article, the current director of the observatory, Jesuit brother Guy Consolmagno, Noted that each year at this time he receives the predictable calls from journalists who want to know about the star. You know the one I'm talking about, the one we sing about, the one that ostensibly guided wise men to the birthplace of Jesus. Brother Guy admits that that question has little to do with his current work on astronomy. But people want to know about that mystery like so many of the mysteries to do with God. And each year, news outlets run a variety of stories about the birth of Jesus. What exactly was this census that was decreed by Emperor Augustus? Did it really take place? Was the manger where Jesus was born really in a stable where animals were kept? Were the three wise men kings, or were they astrologers, or court magicians, or well, what exactly were they? Turn to any of your favorite news programs, or magazines, or papers at this time of year, and you'll find a Christmas story trying to dig out the facts of it all. But as Brother Guy notes, too often people get distracted by the star and forget to look at the child. Still, even the most rational among us, the most scientific, the most secular, the ones who want to know the details about that star, even we are fascinated by Christmas and by this story of hope and beauty. And all of us, from time to time, and especially in this time, declare, like Auntie Mame, we need a little Christmas. Auntie Mame performs that song after she's lost her fortune in the Wall Street crash of 1929, and in order to cheer up her nephew and her servants and herself, Mame orders that the Christmas decorations be put up, though it's still a week before Thanksgiving, and she sings, we need a little Christmas right this very minute. Candles in the window, carols at the spinet. Yes, we need a little Christmas now. And boy, don't we? Mame needed the spirit of Christmas to give her hope and joy in the face of disaster and we all long for hope and joy in a world too often beset by bad news, in lives more difficult than we had imagined they might be, too often dull, too often lonely, too often sad. And in this season, we try to cheer up with shopping and songs, decorating and baking, parties and tinsel, all delightful and wonderful things. But tonight, tonight we are here, we who worship weekly and we who come annually at Christmas. We who believe with ease and we who doubt more often than not. We who bend towards mystery and poetry and we who prefer science and facts. And we are all here because we need a little Christmas and we long for hope and joy and magic. If Brother Guy is right that we too often look at the star, trying to pin down facts, rather than looking at the child, well, tonight is all and only about the child. That is where we look this evening. That is why I suspect deep down you are here, for the beauty and the magic of the music, for the crash, the candlelight, all of which are in service the child, so let's look there, let's strip away all our desires to know more facts about that momentous world-changing event when time was split in two and let's gaze upon this scene which calls for awe rather than analysis. And what do we see? We see two parents, humble, average people, harassed and harried by the bureaucracy of an imperial government that's moving them around like pawns on a chessboard. And then we realize that God comes to two very specific people, which means God comes to us, we specific people. In this story, we see people schlepping all over Judea, lugging baggage and anxious about their families and futures, and we realize that God arrives in the simplest way in the messiest of circumstances. God arrives just there, in the midst of real life, to people like you, to people like me. And then suddenly the message of God is shared through an angel to the lowliest in the land, shepherds who were so unimportant that the government didn't even bother counting them for the census. And we see the glory of the Lord coming to a bunch of nobodies, announcing good news of great joy. And this good news is for them. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord But that news isn't only for them, it is for all people. And so we realize God is for each one of us. You. And you, and you, and me. God is for us in our littleness, in our worries, in our humdrum lives. But God is also for all of us, for the whole world, and God's glory breaks in, the heavenly host declaring the greatness of God, the one who just came in the smallest, most vulnerable way, a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, laid in a manger, and to him the heavenly host sings, glory to God in the highest. As we gaze upon this scene, We then see not only how God is for us, each one of us and for all, those we love and those we don't, but we also see how we are to respond. Like the shepherds, we are to share the joy, the magic that is in our hearts. Like those who hear the good news of great joy, we are to be amazed, though not afraid that Christ has come among us. Like Mary, we are to treasure this good news, pondering it in our hearts for the rest of our lives, for surely it takes a lifetime and longer to contemplate that our Lord loves us so much that he deigned to join us in our humanity so that we might have Christmas at all times. These are not facts. Beloved, this is not a journalistic account, an eyewitness reporting. This is miraculous, a mystery. But even we 21st century ones, we who privilege science and data, who want STEM education for our youth and evidence-based practices for our workplaces, we who gobble up information from televisions and websites, smartphones and podcasts, even we in a world too often sad and violent, in lives too often small and difficult. We who've grown a little colder, grown a little sadder, grown a little older, even we need a little Christmas. And scientists like Brother Guy at the Vatican Observatory can observe the miraculous universe itself, marveling that as he says, It's not only logical, which is amazing in itself, but in its logic it is beautiful. And it is a constant sign of God's presence. In this time, on this night, we need and we get more than a little Christmas. We get good news of great joy. We get to ponder the great mystery that a child has been born to us. God has come to us in an infant, and he is both child and wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. And he has come for you and for me. Share that joy. Be amazed. Ponder the mystery. And then come, come, let us adore him. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.